Welcome in. It is another episode of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Visit millcreekmetroparks.org for more information. As always, the show brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course and our friend Brian Tonar. Find us on Facebook. Just look for Western Reserve Radio. Twitter at Western Reserve Radio. That's at WR underscore radio. The live 365 app or tune in or Western Reserve radio.com it is another high school football roundtable we've got the western reserve radio team uh, with me in studio jim craven and the coach bob gessler and uh well guys what was it 22 i believe 22 teams from the valley made the playoffs in our first expanded season uh, okay, now I hear me. Now I hear everybody. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I think, you know, never mind. Yeah, Dave's listen, listening in, I'm sure, you know, and trying to figure out what we're doing over here. But anyway. He's not here. He doesn't count. Uh, great representation from the area for the first time around. But it'll be interesting to see how this works out and, and if they'll continue this. I'm not so sure that even the people in Columbus are sold on this on this format. Well, no, I mean, here's, here's my biggest complaint in all of this. And I understand how the math works. Let's look at Division One. Region 1. There is a team with one win that is in the playoffs as the 16th seed. You know why that is? Computer points. No, because there's only 17 teams in the region. So every team in Division 1, Region 1, except for one, gets in the playoffs if they want to. Division 1, Region 2 has 18 schools in it. So everybody but two gets in. So there is a one-win team that is qualified for the postseason as a 16 seed. No, there's definitely an argument against having 16 teams, but you know, as the coach calls it, tournament style. Now, you know, everybody makes it, and you know, it, maybe you get that Cinderella team once in a some time or another. But I don't think this year is going to be it. So let's jump right in. We will start looking at all of the matchups. Of course, two, three, and four play uh, one two three and four we have no local schools in division one but one through four all play friday at seven five six and seven play saturday at seven coach we start off with a rematch in one of the few local local games and it's a 6 11 game between austin town fitch and warren harding the falcons got him earlier this year in fact really not that long ago i just had a chance to see fitch a couple weeks back as much as I love Dallas Jett, the quarterback for Harding, that's only a junior, I like the Falcons on Friday. Yeah, I, I really think the, it, to beat a team twice, though, as we all know, as coaches and players, is very, very difficult. Very hard to do. So you can't prepare the same way. So now you've got to prepare a little bit different. But to be honest with you, I think Fitch is too strong. I think that quarterback is amazing. Uh, the line does a great job. I think they're a little bit more disciplined. But again, you know, you got a six and three in Fitch and a five and five with you know with Harding. So um, I got to say that I'm going to and Fitch got the home field. So I again, I'm leaning more towards Fitch. Talk to one of their coaches, uh, Nate Armstrong, and he I said it's going to be tough. He goes, we'll be ready. We're healthy. They got uh, I believe two. Of the running backs back so they're going to be in good shape as far as running the ball so they'll balance out a little bit better and here's the thing jim here's the thing about harding that's a one in four start that finished five and five so they're playing good football to finish the year oh and that's what the coaching staff has already done always done in harding in terms of scheduling they play the toughest schedule they can it makes them better you can see it happen through the first five weeks and you know they played well in the last five weeks but 
you know, that Harding's never been one to turn from competition or to take the easy schedule. They want to make they make sure that they get there. And um, I, I I see them being a formidable team in the playoffs. I don't think they're just there, you know, for you know, window dressing, so to speak. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, I've seen Harding several times this year. I've only seen Fitch one time. And um, you know, the fact that this game is at Fitch, I, I kind of really think feel like it gives the Falcons an edge. Oh, yeah, and the fact that they just beat Harding last Friday, 42-33. Yeah, I, it's, it could be a struggle for both, though. Again, it's hard, as I know, and again, Jim played for me, to go into a— uh, Everybody and, played for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was stated Friday. I get it. Um, but, but again, it, it, to prepare and, and to beat a team twice, same scenario it is difficult because you there's things that you have to you got to change up because they know your tendencies so you're going to have to block things a little bit different rely on some other people so i think it's going to be a good game um the 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 competition when you start looking at uh, you know number one number two in that division you know with benedictine and uh, macedonia and ardonia i mean there's some good teams it's a six and two team and i gotta believe but benedictine didn't play a couple because probably their uh, opponent had COVID, they may have, I don't know. But Macedonia always in there, eight and two. And then you even have Walsh, uh, who's sitting at five, and, you know, they're, uh, they're eight and two. So it's going to be either team that gets by, as it gets grinding closer and closer, they're going to play some quality football teams. Division three on Friday on Western Reserve Radio 2 and Sports Radio 1240. Coach and I will have the call of New Philadelphia, the Quakers, and Hubbard. Uh, New Philadelphia is 6-4, and four, but listen to the four teams they lost to. They lost week two to Steubenville. They went 8-2. and two. They lost week four to Canfield. They went 9-1. and one. They lost uh, October 1st to Chardon. They went 10-0. and 0. And they lost to Dover last week, which is a huge rivalry between New Philly and Dover. And Dover went 9-0. and So combined, those four teams that they lost to had three losses total. Yeah, and then I, I, I don't know. You know. And then you like to think when you get into the playoffs, things are going to change. But right now, I think the teams that are going to be – that would have been there originally – are the ones that are going to be stand out this year. I don't see any of those Cinderella teams. So for New Philadelphia, it's going to be a tough way to go. Canfield played, has played so well. And, and I think maybe, you know, Hubbard. Hubbard. or Hubbard, excuse me. But even despite last week, you know, I, 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 South Range is just an exception. We, we got to see them in week one. And they are a well-rounded team, a well-rounded Dan Yangley team. So shocking, isn't it? Yeah, we've never seen that before. But I mean, I made that exact comment on this show. I said whoever won the Springfield South Range game in Week One would probably run the table. And not only did South Range run the table, but they blasted Hubbard in a game you heard here last Friday con- convincingly. And it was one of those where, I mean, I, I saw a lot of things in the game plan, but I saw a fantastic script and coaching game plan by Dan Yegley. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, we discussed this before we got air, on air. Um, they really broke film down, and, and what I believe was is they forced Hubbard to throw, and I believe that they had two linebackers constantly spying him. It wasn't just one. I believe if he went right, and what they, we ended up with a, with a 6-1-6-2 look. So what they did was he got outside. That linebacker was right there. They had nobody to block him, plus that other backer that's scraping over. So it was a great game. Uh, 
game plan, shut him down, which he's a quality, quality running back. But, you know, you got a running back that's running against two linebackers, and then they forced him to throw. And as we talked about, Hubbard is not strong on the throw because they relied on Caffey. Now, the winner of that game between New Philadelphia and Hubbard meets the winner of Notre Dame Cathedral Latin in Canfield. NDCL, a 5-5 five and five team this year. Canfield is 9-1. and one. Their only loss was to undefeated Dover at home back in week one. So you're looking at the, 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 the likely possibility of Hubbard and Canfield in round two. Yeah, I, we can say that sitting here that we, you know, we, we assume that Canfield is going to move forward. These matchups are what we thought they were going to be. But I think from an area standpoint, I think a Canfield-Hubbard matchup is going to be outstanding. But Hubbard's going to have to become a little bit more multidimensional. They're going to have to get out of the, you know, excuse me, uh, relying on TC Caffey. They found out that somebody figured out how to stop them. That's a blueprint. It sure is. That other team is now looking at that film and saying, look, do we have the personnel to do that? Because what was interesting is, and, and I told coaches with South Range, if you were going to run with six, five, six, even seven people up front, you have to depend on every player to do their job. And South Range did that. And but the, does this other team have that ability? The thing that's difficult about South Range, too, is, you know, okay, if you take out Dominguez, then the quarterback's a multi-threat. He can throw it. He can run the football. They've got, you know, wing backs. They've got a, a fullback that can run the football. They've got some talented wide receivers. We've seen this before. Sometimes when you have a great team and a great player, they are easier to game plan and stop than a team that has – you know, four or five really good players. Well, one-dimensional. Uh, I hate to say it, but that's what Hubbard is. They rely on Caffey to run, and they're just – they don't throw the ball a lot. I think you said, what, 40 times? Going into the last week, yep. 40 times. That's not a whole lot. I mean, that's that's not a lot of balls thrown. I mean, there's some teams that will throw it 40 times in a game. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, let's move on to uh, Division 4 on Friday night. A 116. We'll just touch on this quickly. West Branch hosting Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy, who's 5-5. Five and five. West Branch can put up some points. Yeah, I believe what was it? Uh, of course, they were in an overtime game with Salem last week, so they got pushed. That was good to see going into the playoffs. That will prepare them. However, the week before, uh, you put up 77 points. That's kind of scary. If you're a number 16... Coming into Beloit to play them at West Branch, that, that's a lot to overcome right there. They have been such a solid team this year. But, again, I'm looking forward to round two with that potential matchup with Poland. I mean, think about their, their low point total for the season was a 37-34 win over Howland. Yeah, and, and that was a slow night. But, uh, you know, again, they, they were challenged last week with Salem going into multiple overtimes. So it was good to see that when things get rough, they can they can figure it out. They can get through it. And, you know, that's a big rivalry with Salem nonetheless. But I, if I'm a number 16 seed coming there, I, I've got some concerns. And, this, and again, this is where you start to question the format. In the 3-14 matchup, Ursuline will host Canton South. Ursuline is 6-3. and three. Canton South is 7-3. and three. I think the Irish can do a lot of damage in this region, and they could probably get to the regional final. Um, 
I think so. I, I agree with you. I think uh, Canton South is, is not strong enough. We know what Ursuline can do. And I uh, the running game with, with McElroy. And, and then uh, I didn't realize how big that uh, quarterback for Ursuline was. And he, he uh, good-looking kid, watched him throw some balls and stuff. And Going I th- to play college baseball on a scholarship. Is that right? Okay. Very good. And you know what? I have no, no problem with that. He's a big, strong kid. Uh, I think Ursuline will get through. Um quite easily uh but then again uh, you know we'll see what happens uh when they start getting into the in, into the deeper into the playoffs other games in this region a couple minutes before we take our first break peninsula woodridge six and four against salem salem is seven and three under head coach ron johnson woodridge is six and four uh, that offense for salem led by coach johnson's son who i believe is maybe just a junior he could be a senior Woodridge they make the playoffs on the regular but I like the Quakers in this one. Oh, I certainly do and and I saw more of what I'd like to see last week again in that, in that tough battle here uh, a team that's averaging 35 to 40 points on a regular Friday night they hung with them they went jab for jab with them and that's you know you, you start to get these questions towards the end have we gotten better through the season? You know, are are we playing our best football right now? And I think Salem certainly is, even despite, you know, maybe whatever hiccups they've had during the season. Poland is going to be on the road at uh, Navarre Fairless. And you look at Fairless, they're 9-1. and one. Poland is 7-3. and three. All I have to say about this one is Poland's been battle-tested with their schedule. Fairless has played two teams with a winning record. They beat Sandy Valley, who went 6-4. and four. They beat Northwest, who went 6-4. and four. I like Poland to go on the road and win this game by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that. It could, what could be that matchup between Poland and West Branch. That, that would be huge. But uh, Coach Pavlansky in his first year, I, I, I was questioning the play calling a little bit early in the first part of the year. And I think that was a lot of him getting to know his players, knowing what situation he could throw them in, where they can be dependable at, and play to their strengths. He figured that out. And they've, they've had a tough schedule. And, you know, much like the Harding theory, you know, you get – you kind of go through the fires to get to the playoffs and you know train high so that you you know you can fight at that level in the postseason. A couple other matchups in that region. Seven ten is Glenville and Beaver Local. Good to see the Beavers in the playoffs this year. It's been a while for them. Uh, that game has been moved to Collinwood High School on Friday night at seven o'clock between Beaver Local and Glenville. Glenville maybe not the team they have been in the past, but still a good football program. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. I, you know, that's it's, you know, you got to go in, you got to you do do what you got to do, and again, the team that makes the least amount of mistakes is going to win that game. So it's going to be a tough game, I believe. And uh, the other game, uh, this game also moved uh, to Saturday at one thirty. Gerard playing Gilmore Academy, Gates Mills Gilmore Academy seven and two, the five. Gerard at six and four is the twelve. If you look at Gerard, the last couple of weeks. They gave Hubbard all they wanted in the first half. They went to Niles in a rivalry game last week and rolled. They've been banged up this year. They've had a lot of injuries. They found their quarterback, who's an athletic runner. When you see 80 running down the field at the quarterback spot, it kind of stands out. But they found their guy, and I like Gerard to go on the road and get a win. Uh, and that's something that that coaching staff's been doing for several years. But this was kind of an awkward year for them because, they, again, I don't think they knew what they had in the beginning. You, you mount the injuries with the unknowns, and they figured it out during the season. So now they're at that point where they're, you know, they're ready to go. 
We'll take our first break. Coming back after the break, we'll let you know about our Saturday coverage. Of course, New Philadelphia and Hubbard Friday, 6.40 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff. Coach and I will have the call on that one. Michael Ricker will join us this week for the stats. We'll take a break and come right back. means continues right here on Western Reserve Radio. My partner is in the building to join us, Tim Continenza. We'll talk to him as we go throughout the day. Is a Still got a lot more games to get to, guys. Rootstown in South Range, Saturday night at 7 o'clock at South Range. And uh, the Rovers are 5-5, five and five, and they had three three games. How are they? They missed the made-up games. They had three games canceled with COVID throughout the year. So they've had a long year. <laughs> it's going to be a longer uh, after the season, too. Uh, it's just uh, South Range is just going to dismantle them. The only thing I don't want anything to happen is, and I talk about this, is when you're that far ahead, pull your guys. You get 20 points, 28 points, 30 points, yank them, get your other guys in there, because that's when injuries start, and you cannot lose a Meninguez. And I, I don't know the fullback. He does a great job. Uh, I can't think of his J- name from South Range. Jones? 40, 46? Was that 40, Jones? 44. Yeah, you that were. was last week's prep. I've moved on <laughs> to this week. The other matchup in Division Five is uh, Crestview, and they travel to Bel Air, who's nine and one. That game moved to one thirty on Saturday. And, and uh, Crestview at five and four had to finish strong to get in, and, and now you, you got to play a team like Bel Air Academy in the first round, and that, that's a tough ask. Yeah, we've seen Bel Air in the playoffs before, and, and there was I think there were higher expectations of Crestview this year and that it really didn't come to fruition, but they've done enough to get in there. Again, in an average year or a year prior to this, would they have gotten in? No. But I like what Coach Cusick and that does with that program down there. And here's the thing about that. and When you, you, you look at it, these are some really proud programs that have had a lot of success, but with everything changing this year, that's – other schools moving up to get in push some schools either down or out that are used to being in a playoff position. Yeah, and again, there's going to be a lot of arguments after the season's over, and I, you know, I know Coach's opinion on this, and, and the more I look at this, I'm like, hey, it's okay to experiment with, but I, I, everything that you look at, the information's presented now, I just don't like it. I, don't, I want the best of the best in there. And here's the thing that we talked about. You know, the coaches made it clear through the association they didn't like this move and that they weren't contacted by the OHSA, and it just they were told, here's how it is. They were talking about in theory, before a lot of things that have happened over the last year to two, going from eight to 12. I don't like it. I don't like it. Just keep it at eight. Plenty of plenty of teams in there. You're not dragging the season out. You're getting two of these. You're getting uh, teams with losing records. Or look at all, all of our people that from this area who are five and five or making the playoffs that maybe shouldn't be there because they're now playing and those guys are having to play a number two and number one. I just injury. I'm a nut with injuries. Okay, and you're a you, nut. Period. Well, thank you. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you, you talk about injuries, but what, what do you get a beat on your chest? Oh, I made the playoffs. It's on my resume. That's baloney. But but here's the thing about it, and it, this goes with everything. Once you open the box and you go to this, it's hard to make the box smaller and go back. I mean, I remember when I started my career, when I was even in high school, four teams got in. 
Then we doubled to eight. Now we've doubled again to 16. At this point, why not just let everybody in and we'll, we'll play till February? Yeah, because I, I don't agree with Tournament that. Tournament style. Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. You don't deserve to be there. You shouldn't be handed a spot because you played football. Hence the, uh, I got a participation trophy or a play. Well, that, that's a conversation for another day. Because but it's the same thing. It is. It's the same thing. So you're letting these guys play. But again, a number one team's going to go in there and play 16. Do you want your kids hit hurt? Because that's exactly what's going to happen. Hurt and embarrassed. Is Why it, would you want that? Is it that great of an accomplishment that you're excited to put a banner up in your gym that says 2021 playoff qualifier because if you're a 16 and you lose by 60 you're sure as hell not putting that up on the banner so what out of all these teams out of the uh, what, what coach said that they liked it was there any coach none that, that i spoke to none tim any no that, that's what but the ohsa said they got positive feedback yeah. oh yeah. wait are we saying that might not be true <laughs> are we i'm suspicious? not saying anything hey well i'm gonna say that i be prior to this year I think they had it right. I it think everything working. the OHSA was doing was right. And you know, you love the, I like to throw these compliments out, but then you got the, we'll call it greedy. Well, and here's yeah. the thing. like The way they were able to finish last year's season, the way they were able to make adjustments like on the fly, moving from one venue to another, getting a season in, getting the playoffs in, there were a lot of things to praise for the OHSA last year. Expanding the, the streaming opportunities for different, so you could watch games when you couldn't go to. A lot of those things were fantastic. And I know they lost money based on last year in the gate. They eliminated the OHSA network. They did a lot of things like that. But there's going to be so many fans that were just eager to go back to a playoff game. That if you kept it at eight, you might have had sellouts all over the state of Ohio. And I'm sure your attendance numbers for the state championships would probably have gone up as well. Well, when I coached, and, and it was Bucky Campbell, who has now passed, he was with me at Struthers. Tommy Noble, as soon as our season was over at the younger guys at the freshman level, what game are we going to? What, you know, we want to go see this game. I, I'm not going to go to a, a number one school. They're number one, Divi- Div- Division Two, number one, playing at 16. All you're going to get there is the parents. You're not going to get anybody that's going to be interested in it. I mean, because like, I've already had, and I know it's it's down the road. I had the conversation with my father over the weekend. I said, if I'm not doing games, we're going to go to South Range Kirtland, right? And it was just kind of an understood thing because games like that are going to draw. I mean, we're different when it comes to high school football, the four of us in this room. But that's going to draw fans from other communities to that game because you can South Range win. We all love Coach Yakely. And you throw in the fact that Kirtland has the country's longest winning streak right now at 49. Well, you know, I, when I was at, at, at Volney and Cheney made uh, the finals, it was amazing because there were, I don't know how many thousand, I think there were 14,000 people there. And it was amazing how the other schools that showed up to cheer us on, which you, you know, you normally don't do. That, what, that with Cheney Niles at YSU? Is that what you're referring to? No, I'm talking the, the, the final that was up at uh, Maslin, oh, Paul Brown yeah. Stadium. I was on the sidelines for that game. I was there too. And uh, my, my girl's uh, uh, son played in the game. Um, 
and uh, Danny Lynn. And, it, you know, it, it, to see the people supporting us, schools that, you know, you never thought would show up. Austin Town Fitch kids going crazy when, you know, we're running all over the field because they never saw us there. They didn't see us there and to make it that far. I mean, it was just they followed just as coaches will do. A lot of coaches want to go see a good football game. Who's going to go see a one play of 16? I mean, it's not going to happen. A, a number two playing a number 15. Parents, that's all you're going to get. No one's going to be interested in those games because it's going to be over, as we know, probably in the first or second quarter. I mean, and unfortunately, I think in, in this Division 5, or excuse me, in this Division 6, there's a couple of those that we're going to experience locally. Uh, Garfield Heights Trinity's 3-7. and seven. They're at LaBray, who's 9-1. and one. That is a successful, good program in Trinity. Just not this year. They're they're, they're three and seven. We all know how good LeBray is. The only team they lost to was undefeated Garrettsville Garfield. That's a good football team, and it's a good coach. Yes, absolutely. I I agree 100%. I can't wait. What The the, the game I want to see, and I want them to get it that far, is I want to see LeBray and Springfield play. I think that will be an amazing game, and you better play that at Fitch because that ain't – Springfield Stadium isn't big enough. I think they need to play that somewhere where you're going to pack them in, and I really believe people will come to see that game. I really believe that. I mean, that's that's a – a Mollenkopf, that's yeah. a, a Fitch, yes. that's even maybe Bo Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, another good stadium. And any of those could be a, a distinct possibility. Because they're going to have to, because they can't hold that down at South Range. They can't can't hold it at Labrador. It's well, just as, far as, that, as far as that game would be, that would be past the neutral sites. Uh, or that would be to, to the, neutral the neutral sites, sites. excuse me. Right, so the, that, that, could, that could end up very much that could end up at a at, at a fetch and that's where I'm, I'm that's probably or Niles those are the two stadiums that'll probably happen to if they get that far I'm just gonna say I'm a little partial to that game being at Niles but I don't, I, I don't know why that is <laughs> maybe it's the parking situation <laughs> for who me I got great parking if that that's what at I'm Niles. saying you know it's just 10 and steps. if we can do we do that game we'll have great parking too <laughs> keep it up or you won't have yeah. great parking for that I'll night pull yeah, right well, into his front yard I hope, well, I hope your lawn's not wet <laughs> So I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm looking at the bracket now to see Yeah, I don't think they would meet till either they probably wouldn't because they're in different ends of the bracket. Correct. So they probably wouldn't meet until the regional final. So this would be a real meat and potato type of game. This would be a headliner. So, you know, it, parking on Mark's lawn would be okay and oh, hopefully once it. not raining. <laughs> as long as you're going to reseed it next spring, we're fine. Yeah, we don't fix grass or doors. <laughs> What about windows? I don't know what you plan on doing over there, but you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll just put we'll just put glass block in them. There that's you all. go. So we'll I'll, we'll we'll hold reserve Springfield till after the break, and I'll say we got oh. Brookfield and United, an eight nine matchup at United. Brookfield has been tested this year. They have played quite a schedule. Coach Clark's team is six and three. We got to see them in week two, and they put Springfield to the test. Now, this was a period of time when I think Springfield was still trying to find some of their, their replacements from their the players they lost in graduation. Came down to, the, what, the final minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And uh, Springfield pulled it out. So, you know, again, a tough team. Just like in the first in the first game, they were not – the line just didn't – they had too many guys that came in there and they were moving people around. And it just – the line just didn't mesh. And that's what and, – and that hurt them uh, very badly. So, 
I mean, Brookfield, they have, they have three losses, 9-1 and one Springfield, 9-1 and one LeBray, and 10-0 and oh Garfield. So they played up. So they've definitely played a challenging schedule. We're going to take our next break. We will come back and uh, preview round two of Western Reserve in Springfield. Our game on Western Reserve Radio 2 and Sports Radio 1240 coming up on Saturday, 640 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff. That is all coming up after this timeout. Mill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. Right back here on By All Means, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Uh, time to jump into the Western Reserve Springfield game. And, uh, Coach, this is a rematch from a game that was played earlier this year. And I, I thought I had my notes ready, but they were not. A 42 nothing win for Springfield the first time that these two schools met. And if I remember correctly, this happened last year, too, where they played in the regular season and played in the playoffs. So it's at least three in a row for Springfield over Western Reserve. Could be more. Yeah, again, um, new coach. It's going to take him a few years to get um, where he needs to be. And uh, his players, you could see the numbers are down. They usually have a full house over there on the sidelines. I noticed that they do not. Um, new coach is doing a pretty good job. Um, he's working with the players that he has. Unfortunately, uh, you know, you, you have a Springfield that um, is <laughs> as strong as they are, so Unfortunately, you know, I, I don't see them giving much of a game to Springfield. <laughs> Sorry. I was asking for a raise. I didn't get it. <laughs> I get a raise every time. He says, pick up your seat and lift it up a little bit. Okay. That's my we, had, we saw Western Reserve way back in yes, week we one when they played Liberty and, and lost to Liberty in that game. Western Reserve has a fantastic tailback, and they have a young quarterback. It's good to get this playoff experience. This is an uphill climb on, on Saturday. Yeah, I want to say it was Aldir. was the uh, running back. Aldir, Aldir, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Aldir. I think it was Aldir. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, yeah, he's he's an exciting back to watch. Uh, obviously, you know, talent-wise, we know Springfield's going to have more on the field on each play. I think what... West Reserve will be hoping to do. Obviously, they, they've studied what they've done all season long and how they prepared last time for them. Is, is they're going to have to get L-tiers, you know, just get them in spaces and see if he can create. You know, if that's just getting him the ball out in the flats or if that's uh, just, you know, running their normal offense, just getting the ball, you know, handing it off to him, I think that's where they're at. I mean, obviously – the first and foremost thing to do is be competitive and then see what happens. But uh, most importantly, I mean, you're facing a team that you already faced for. So, so hopefully you can learn something and, and grow, your t- grow your team. But this is an uphill battle for the Blue Devils. And, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I haven't had a chance to, to see Springfield this year. But I, actually, yes, I have. Of course I have. We did the McDonald game. Mm-hmm. 
There's been too many games already this year. But that, <laughs> Tell they, they kind of remind me of what we saw from South Range. Because, okay, you want to try and take Brungard out? Then they, they could run the football. Yeah. You want to try and load the box and take away the run? He's got some big, skilled wide receivers that can make plays. So they are, they're a tough team to game plan for because it's not like a situation where you take away one thing and – they struggle with the other. They're good at both. Yeah, they're, they are well coached. Obviously, we know that. They've brought some coaches in, Mike Popio, and that's really helped them out. And again, with uh, Mark Brungard being there, he's really doing a good job there. And he coaches the kids up. I watch him, technique, uh, all that. But the one advice, though, I would like to give to Western Reserve is if you win the toss, take the ball. Everybody wants to defer to the second half, and you're giving this to a high-powered offense that I don't think has ever been stopped if they got didn't get the ball. I but, mean, it's I mean, crazy. I, I can see the argument for both because if you win the toss, you take the ball, even if you score, odds are you're probably going to be down coming out for the third quarter. In a case like that, you would want the football to gain some momentum. Because we saw Hubbard win the toss Friday against South Range, take the ball, go three and out, and punt the ball away, and it was kind of it was kind of over at that point. Well, you know, I was going to say to his point, and I think this is something that you you got to take think take into consideration, Mark. The score is zero zero at the time when you would get the ball first and you probably have five to 10 scripted plays that you think are going to work and you're going to have the first opportunity to get those plays in the ball game. So now they're going to have to react to you. So potentially I would say if you script your plays, right, if they are executed properly, you're going to be able to move the ball and then have a chance to get some momentum on your side by scoring on that first drive. Now, if it's a three and out, it's it's, like you just mentioned, it's going to be, it could be a disastrous situation. But I think when you're such an underdog as they are, that you want to get that first punch in the mouth if you can do it. You Let find? me speak to Coach's point about giving or taking the ball. Mm-hmm. In the month of October, the Springfield defense has given up zero points. It doesn't matter. <laughs> At this point, you've got to create turnovers, and that's something that they haven't done a whole lot of with only three interceptions in the first, in ten weeks of football. Wow, well, that's a stat, and 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 that's okay. But you still, I I, I would still want to try to get the ball first and create something. Um, you know, uh, all the years I coached with, with Tom Noble and, and, and Jim played for us, it was go ahead, Noble, shut him down, give me some field position. Jailbreak. Jailbreak, there we go. But the problem lies is they're too strong. I, I would try to keep the ball off out of Brungard's hands as much as possible. Dink and Doyle come down the field. Try to run as much as you can. You got to eat the clock with this team. See, you can't go three and out, give them a ball, because they're going to score, as we know, right off the bat. We've seen opening plays where they threw bombs and already we're down, um, you know, 7 nothing. So my thing is, is I'd still put it in my offensive hands. Try to find that hole. Try to find and get into a rhythm quick, because if you get behind with them, you ain't coming back. You're done. Guys, let's jump into Division 7's matchups for Saturday night. Uh, Warren John F. Kennedy is at home at 6-2, and two, hosting Monroeville. Tim, you've seen a lot of the Eagles over the last few years. You look at 6-3 and three and you're like, oh, it's an okay year. But in this region, 
against the talent that's in that region, JFK can win a lot of football games. They can, and they will. And I expect them to make a run. They, they have the ability to make a deep run. Now, is that to the regional finals? If that's beyond, we'll wait and see. But... They usually have the right mix of a run game and a pass game. They don't overly throw the ball, but they use it to set up everything they want to do. And what I love about JFK the last few years is they use multiple formations. They'll they'll show the spread. They'll go the eye formation. They'll they'll go with two split backs. They'll even show a wing once in a great while. So I love when they offensively when they make a defense react to them. The other games, we have several in this uh, division. Uh, Matthews is 6-3. and three. They have to go to what some people call it, Dalton. Some people call it Dalton. However you choose to pronounce it, it's been a great year for the Mustangs. But this is a difficult matchup against Dalton, who is a very good program. I just, you know, I'm happy for Coach Bourne. Um, we haven't heard Matthews get into the playoffs very often. I'm happy for those kids, but you know you're going in there playing a, a Dalton who's eight and two, and I I just think it's going to be it's going to be tough for them. They're going to have to battle, uh, try to get some points as fast as they can, keep the ball out of that quarterback's hands, and do what you can do. Otherwise, that could be a long, long game for Matthews. And the key for them though is what you just said. I think. Bill Bourne's known for this is trying to offensively keep the ball out of the hands of the of, of his opponent, meaning long drives and uh, taking up clock before they snap the ball and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think he knows what he has to do. He's been around too long and has too much success. Uh, it's going to be a difficult, difficult challenge to go on the road that far and play your best football. But, you know, especially for a team that's never really experienced it before. So it's going to be interesting to see. Southern is at home. The Indians host Plymouth, who went 5-4. and four. Uh, The Indians got a good club this year. I think they have a chance to win this game comfortably, move on to round two. Yeah, I've... Uh... I was down at Lisbon and, and faced them. They have a good football team. They do a great job on there. How far they will get, I don't know. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, so that remains to be seen. Yeah, will they win the first one? Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a problem. But as they start getting deeper, I think they can run into some issues. The 9-8 matchup is the Louisville. The Rockets go to Malvern, who is 8-2. and two. Louisville is 7-2. and two. And, you know, the Rockets have had a nice year at 7-2. and two. I mean, they ran up against a couple of really good teams uh, that beat them. They lost to Springfield 54-6. to They lost to Western Reserve by one. It's been a nice year for Louisville. I, I, this is one of those games I think is going to come down to the end. Uh, Malvern's been there and done that before, and I think that might be where their advantage lies. Yeah, there's no question. When you have experience in the playoffs, uh, you know what to expect. And you're playing at home. It's huge. It's that first two rounds now. Being at home for certain teams is just a, such an advantage. And Lowville has done a great job this year. They've 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 competed, and I'm looking forward to see if they can compete on the road. Yeah, the only problem I have with Lowville was going into Week Four when they were playing us. Okay, um, the problem that I have Springfield. The problem that I have was the three teams that they played out of the out of the three six nine 
games to that point, the winning record of the combined only was one. So um, those teams were down. Again, credit Lowville. They made the playoffs. They did what they had to do. But um, it's been a while since Lowville's been there. I don't think the strength of that, um, just the quarterback's going to do it. I think that there's going to be issues. Our final matchup, Valley Christian is in 11. They have to go to Cuyahoga Heights, who's 5-3. and three. You look at Valley Christian and you think, well, there's not a lot of playoff experience. There's not on the field. But there's a lot of playoff experience on the sidelines, maybe not with the players on the field. And I don't know about this one. I, I feel like this, there could be an upset here. You kind of figure someone has to be one of them 12, the 16 seeds that's going to win a ball game somewhere along the schedule here in the next uh, Friday and Saturday. This is a matchup that can happen. It's definitely a, a scenario where they could. It's going to be a tough thing to get on the road and do it, but it, it's definitely possible. So we'll, we'll circle back to the games we'll have for you this weekend. I, I have to touch on this just because I saw it today, and I, I, I could not believe it. James Franklin had his press conference today getting ready for Ohio State. And I'm going to read you a couple of quotes from him today. He said, quote, My focus is completely on Illinois and this team and this program. I think I've shown over my eight years my commitment to this university and its community, and that's my kind of statement. They're playing the Buckeyes. They just lost to Illinois in four million overtimes on Saturday. If that wasn't bad enough, instead of calling it Ohio Stadium or the Horseshoe in his press conference today, he called it the Big House. <laughs> Can you say uh, he has UCLA? I mean, excuse me, USC on his mind. Well, all I can tell you is if you're going to ruffle feathers, that's the best way to do it. Exactly. You're, Not even acknowledge them. Are you that, uh, what is it, maize and blue? Yeah. I, I have made this comparison. <laughs> James Franklin is John Cooper. Great recruiter, but when it comes to kicking off the ball and out-coaching the opposition, he fails at it repeatedly. He has given Ohio State wins over the last five years that they yeah. shouldn't have had by the decisions he has made. And now, I mean, you can have a slip-up, but after losing to Illinois and falling to 20 and coming to Ohio State at night for the first red out, you can't make those kind of mistakes because <laughs> people are thinking your focus is elsewhere. Yeah, I agree. He's looking yeah, ahead. Looking at the Trojans' job, you know? Everyone's talking about that. So, But after losing to Illinois, I know. do they really even want him? Well, that's – I think that's a tougher sell out in California than people realize because they want a name. They need a name. Uh, but a name has to want them. Yeah. It's the it's, question is can they attract somebody who is a name? I mean, you've seen uh, Mike Tomlin's – news conference today right i missed that one. Oh, it was great uh he was talking about the ucla or usc opening and he says why are you asking me that question i have the best job in professional sports yeah they never fire and then he says you never say never never we'll be right back to put a bow on this one wrapping things up only got a couple minutes left uh Tim will not be with me on Friday. We will see him later on in the season. So I will ask you as the casual observer, I think I know the answer, Tim. I don't want to speak for you, but who you like in New Philly Hubbard and Western Reserve Springfield? 
I love the home teams. Obviously, Springfield and Hubbard. They're both, let's face it, they're both at the top of their, their regions for a reason. There's, they are in the top five in each region for a reason. They're that good. I love the running game for, for both teams and the dynamics of Springfield and what they have achieved over the last few years. So I'm going to write this down. We'll talk about it next week. In the state of Ohio, what is the lowest seed that will win a game this weekend? 12. Coach? 11. It's going to be interesting. I don't know if we will see a double-digit team win. Maybe one. I, I think Youngstown Christian can do it. I think they got good athletes, and I think if there's any team that I see here, I really think that uh, Youngstown Valley Christian could pull that off. I really do. I think they can do it if they play smart football and don't make mistakes. I'm actually rooting for Cincinnati Oak Hills. They're 0-10, going up Cincinnati Win a Mower. game. It'd be great. <laughs> hey, don't forget, Friday, 640, Western Reserve 2, 1240, New Philadelphia and Hubbard. Coach and I will be on the call for that one. Saturday, 640, Western Reserve 2, 1240, Western Reserve in Springfield. Jim Craven and the coach will be on the call for that one. It is week 11. We have 22 teams representing the Valley. We have several head-to-head matchups. We have a few teams can make a nice run. We'll continue to talk about as we go. Hey, don't forget the show available in podcast form. Search for By All Means on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and many of your favorite places to listen to podcasts. Or find the show coming up later tonight on Twitter. Just find me, Mark underscore Means. That's M-A-R-C underscore M-E-A-N-S. We'll talk to you next week right here on By All Means presented by Mill Creek Golf Course.